0: Shall we um, uh, should we go for part two, guys? Is everyone ready? Feel <laughs> really <very> powerful. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody stand up. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Craig Chris Kaplan, welcome Hello. to Proper Mental. Thanks for having me. wanted to do with you chris if it's all right is kind of go back before professional football and chat a bit about how you went down that path just to give us some sort of context to the conversation down um, football I yeah yeah so were you like that, that stereotypical um you know obsessed with football as a kid yeah yeah all like completely yeah,
1: yeah. football or golf cricket yeah used to do all the sports it was, it was never stand out it i mean i was outfielder to start with on pitch, never, not any good, I was always on the bench and the goalkeeper got injured and because I was the only one on the bench I had to go in goal. So I went in goal, made a few saves thought, yeah, I like this. And then it wasn't until years after, when after that game, my dad put the, the bet on for me to play for England, but never told me about it. It was after that very first game in goal. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he put it on back then? Put it on, so I was 13. Nearly come up to 14, yeah. Right, So he kept it in his pants drawer for 10 years. <laughs> uh, well, before that, yeah, so he was 26. But I, I got asked about it the day before the game for England and uh, I knew nothing about it. I said, Look, I don't know. I don't know how the press, but obviously they get hold of anything, the press. So I ran my dad and said, Look, is it true? And he says, Yeah. But he says, don't worry about that, just, you know, we're all coming up tomorrow to support you and enjoy it. And then the day after the, the book is paid out, they went to his house and give him the check. Wow, how much did he get? Well, it, there was a few of them in, involved. So I used, we used to go down to a working men's club and I used to score the darts and the snooker and they all used to throw like 30, 40p. When I was a kid, this was. So uh, there was a few of them because mum and my dad, they, they couldn't afford £100. It was £100 at 100 to 1, that's all they were allowed to put on which is rubbish odds, really, when you <laughs> consider it. I yeah. mean, I've always said if, I, if I'd if I'd gone in the bookies with my dad, then I'd probably got about a million to one because I, I was a bit chubbier about then when I was when I was younger. So, but yeah, there was about six or seven families in on it, which was nice, and it was just before Christmas as well. So nice oh, to hey.
0: out. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome, yeah. yeah. So when, like, as your football career started to progress, and I always like to, whenever I speak to people who are in like sports or um, athletes or anything, it always fascinates me. Like, when did you start to realise that you were good you know, is there a moment when you kind of think like, hang on, I'm moving ahead of the people that I've been playing?
1: Yeah, I think it's when I, mean, it happened so quick, because my first game, was ne- I was nearly 14 in goal, and then two years later, I'm signing um, for commentary in the youth team. So I'm signing at YTS, it was called back then. But it was probably when I moved to Weston Blaby and Weston were the team in Leicestershire, that if, if you got in, if you played for them, you were doing something right. Never really thought about it. I wasn't bothered about all that. I, d- I didn't think about all... You know, making a football and making all the money. I, I just wanted to play football, and or cricket, or snooker, whatever it was. I was never any good at school. Academically, nothing at all. Um, I was just more. You know, when, when the old test matches were on, the old cricket used to run Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I used to take Thursday, Friday, Monday off school. So honestly, because mum and dad left the, left the house before me. So I used to tend to get chains, get everything, then as soon as they went I used to go back and watch the cricket in bed. Oh right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 so I was just I was never and I I do regret that now and I tell everybody, I do mean that. I wish I would have done a little bit more at school because I was fortunate. You know, I always said well oh, I'm gonna be a footballer, but you know, you it's more hope than anything. So yeah. I was very fortunate. Yeah, but yeah, it worked out worked out all right. Worked out yeah. not too bad, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what's yeah. that all
0: saying if you've um, always got something to fall back on? Well has it's been back. a five yeah, it'd
1: probably been a fire. I was interested in being a fireman as well. Um, so I have probably fallen back on that, but luckily luckily I didn't need to fall back yeah.
0: How old were you when you signed for Coventry? Carpentry? Mate?
1: So I was 16, so you signed YTS forms. Um, so I was 16, uh, another keeper coming in, he was better than me, uh, another goalkeeper. But his attitude wasn't what mine was. I, I, I was lucky enough to, I don't know if anyone knows, Steve Grisevic, he was the mm-hmm. goalkeeper, he used to play for Liverpool as well. So he was coming to the end of his career and he sort of took me under his wing. He was the hardest worker treated everybody with respect, spoke to people the right way. And I thought, that's the way you have to be to be a footballer. Not just a footballer, but in general, in life, that's the way, the best way to. So I just mimicked everything he did. So I was lucky from an early age that he set the standard for me. And I I quickly, you know, grew, uh, shed a bit of weight, shot up, started training with the first team when I was 17, and then made my debut for Coventry at 18. So it all happened really, really quick. Yeah, definitely. That's Mm. young, isn't it? It's like Mm.
0: we hear about um, Footballers all the time now. We just think, oh, like eighteen. These ages band around in football. But yeah. when you like, when you get to a certain age and you look back and you think, God, eighteen. That's like
1: yeah, it's great. And and people always be nervous now. Like, when you are a kid, you not.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah. You
1: know, I, I didn't think I was. Didn't phase me at all. Any move I made, the move to Liverpool, nothing phased me at all when I was younger. it's not until you get older when you realise some. You know what you do and. The magnitude of the games you're playing in, and you know relegation. When I was at Wigan, if you get relegated, people lose their jobs. Nothing happens to the football. As the a footballer still get paid or move to another club. But I was very conscious of what would happen if football clubs were get you know, like people at Wigan say we've been there 20 odd years. When they eventually did get relegated, they all got sacked, and it's just, I, I had that on my mind a lot. and I was captain as well, so. Yeah, I've always tried to, to do what's best, not just for the team, but outside as well. Yeah, that's
0: like a I suppose a whole different type of pressure, isn't it? It's like a personal pressure, because I suppose you know a lot of these people
1: as well. You do, you, yeah. I mean, listen, no football club, it's the backbone of the football club. Yeah, you see the players on the pitch, but it's everything that goes on. You know, people taking the bins out, the chefs, everything like that. There's so many, Important people at the club to make them, you know, for for football to happen on a match day. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. So when you moved to Liverpool, mm. that was like at the time that was a big move. It?
1: it was, and it really, it really was a dream. I used to stand on the cot when I was seven years. My first game was when I was seven in 1988. So we used to get the bus up from from Hinckley. Um, all my family were Leicester fans, but I spotted the red candy kit and thought, yeah, I love that kit. I'm going to be a yeah. big Liverpool fan. So. Stood on the cop and then yeah um, signed from. But it was the only team I'd have left Coventry for. I was happy there. I was playing first team for but I was I was never going to turn down Liverpool.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because I kind of mm. um, from like your just your like social media and the bit I know about you. There's an obvious connection with yourself and the city of Liverpool, and the mm. fans of Liverpool, and something like that. That's clearly something. So it makes sense that you were a boyhood. Yeah, I suspect. Yeah, I
1: love. We we obviously moved up in 2001, and yeah, we live up here. We'll always live up here now. It's um, it's a great city. You know, lots of things to do, and the club had been great as well. Since all the stuff, obviously, with, with the mental health, which we'll get to, the club had been so supportive, and I do a lot, do a lot for the club now. Yeah, oh, that's
0: fantastic mm. to still have that like relationship. You know, yeah, I still every really every game, I like have
1: I like, other game with my daughter, and still always look to the right where I used to stand as a kid. I can still see myself standing there as a young kid. Oh, mate, you that know must know. have been mad to go
0: from there to like standing on the pitch, right?
1: It was. I, I mean, I was listen. I was nineteen. I was nervous as hell, and. I remember saying, oh, "I just need a few minutes." The deal was on the table, and we were up in the boardroom. And I was, I was getting a bit panicky, and I was thinking, "Oh, can I can I get onto the pitch?" So I, I walked down to the pitch, and I went and sat where I stood as a kid. And then, the, you know, I just remembered all the memories and thinking, God, "I'd love to play for Liverpool one day." And then got up and signed the contract, and the rest were done.
0: Yeah. Does that add a you know when it's the club that you support? Does that add? more pressure? To no, like I, I said, didn't feel the pressure really, at all. Yeah. Just
1: A bit like what Rachel said about them, I didn't know how much I went for, didn't, know, didn't even know my contract, what I was signing, <laughs> yeah. honestly it could have been naught. I, I don't know what I was signing, I, I wasn't bothered about that, it was just, just I, I was going to sign for Liverpool, that's yeah, all that matters.
0: Just live that dream, right? yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. And then from there you went to Wigan, Got it, well yeah. were you there under um, Roberto Martinez at any point? Was that like I was, yeah. One? yeah. Yeah, I was. So I'm a Swansea City fan, so Martinez is like. Martinez is a hero. If you got to you, I'll tell you some yeah.
1: stories then, You <laughs> change your mind. Yeah.
0: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then from Wigan, Sheffield, Wednesday. Yeah,
1: yeah, so yeah. The, and that's, that's when the, the problem started. So yeah, I was at Wigan for, so, I, for 11 years. I was at Liverpool for five years, Wigan for six years, lived in the same house. 15 minutes to both training grounds, stadiums, same routine, so I could I could get to train. I could drop, you know, when Lucy was born or a nursery. I could drop off at nursery, train, get back, pick her up, you know, go to the school plays when they get older. Do do all the stuff that, that's more important than anything else. Football's not important. It's the, it's the family stuff that's and the family stuff that's more important. Then all of a sudden, I was leaving Wigan um, and didn't have a team really. Because I've not played for two years or for a year, not because I wasn't fit. It's because he preferred somebody else, which is which is football. So the Sheffield Wednesday come and the travelling, and I was thinking, okay, that's fine. That's that's not going to be an issue. Coming Sheffield is you know an hour away, whatever, which is not. It's a nightmare to get to from Liverpool. I'm yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> some people like, so, yeah, Damn me, what a mistake that was in the first day. <laughs> and then, um, but it, this I signed for them in May, so I shouldn't have signed. It was illegal really you shouldn't do it but i signed in may and it was going to get announced on july the first so i was thinking oh, i've got plenty of time you know i'll get things sorted out and then all of a sudden it gets closer and closer and then pre-season first day of pre-season come and i, I traveled over and i thought wow this is this is you know it took me two and a half hours to get over i was in the car on my own but then it wasn't so much that it was what i was missing back home so i, I couldn't go and pick my daughter up from school or drop her off because i was setting off at half five six in the morning to beat the manchester traffic yeah and it just progressed from there, and I was in the car for long hours. Winter months were hard, you know, dark when you get up, dark when you get home. Um, and, but it was missing stuff back home, particularly with, with Lucy and the daughter, my wife. We'd all been so close, and all of a sudden I wasn't there a lot. Uh, I was travelling, I, I had to stay over some nights and didn't want to uh, stay in hotels on your own. So that's when it started to. And uh, I didn't know what it was to start with, I just thought, oh, I'll get used to it, I'll get used to it. And I actually did, I actually quit after. Uh, well, I told them like, I can't do this. I've got. A, I, I, I actually said it was my wife. So we come to the decision that I was advised to say that it was my wife that was that was struggling, um, and not me. Because back then I thought, you know, they were saying, well, if you come out, say you're struggling you with know, help, you might not play, or they might not, you know, which is yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Which is which. I'm ashamed now, actually, that that we did that. But we thought it would be for the best, um, and obviously with Lucy at school as well, we thought about that. So it said it, uh, it said it was Lucy, uh, it said it was my wife and uh, the club gave me a week and said look take your time, we'll do whatever you need, you can have time off whenever you want and because I've always been a fighter and a footballer and perfect, you know, I thought well I've got to do this but as soon as I did I thought "Ah, oh, this is going to be hard and if it wasn't for the first year it was okay because the football took my mind off it so for the 90 minutes I could forget about it, second year towards the end of the second year I, I just started thinking right Games done, I'll get showered, and I was literally in the car within 15 minutes of the match ending. And on the way home, so I, oh, nice. I was thinking about now, I was thinking there's no traffic, I'll get home quick, I'll be home for this time, but then oh, I've got to be back there Monday, and it just it just became
0: too much. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose, like, when you, you're thinking about home and you've got all that time on mm. your own in the car, you just just sitting in it. Makes it worse, especially when you're sitting
1: in the hotels, and, and then, as I said, you, you door's ask it when you're coming home, and I've got a school playing, you miss it. That's more important stuff to me, like I've said. So it was, it was really tough and I was going to sign again f- uh, for the fourth year at Sheffield Wednesday because it it's a, like Liverpool it's a mate obviously the, you know the, the link mm. um, with, with the terrible Hillsborough. but it's a magnificent football club and fans are, are, are just like Liverpool fans brilliant so that was that was difficult leaving because of that but I knew I couldn't sign I, was, I mean I, was, I told him I was going to sign I was in my training kit first day of pre-season um, from a fourth year walking upstairs to sign a contract knowing I wasn't going to sign it sat down penning me hand, and I said, look, I, I can't do it. I'm struggling. I need to be closer to home. Yeah. And uh, still didn't tell them the real reason. Just said, I need to get back to home. I need to be closer
0: to home and, and thought that would solve the issue. But yeah. it didn't. It's really funny, isn't it? When like, we talk about talking about mental health so much and it is, it is really important, but how we talk about it's important. Yeah. And I found, um, you know, I've been like burial twice. And I know that the second time was because the first time I said I was talking about it and I wasn't, you know, so I was kind of, yeah, I was mentioning that i have been unwell and, you know, like you just said then, I was kind of, you know, flirting around the outside of it and mentioning things, but without actually yeah, committing I, to it. I still it. didn't
1: know what it was. I mean, it's mm-hmm. only really been in the last two years that mental health's out there
0: now. Yeah, completely.
1: You know, you turn the TV on, the radios every day, there's always something and that's the way it should be because it's perfectly normal. I had a shit day today. Didn't, you know, this morning we had, I got some bad news yesterday. We did as a family, and you know, we had a really bad day today. Um, went out for war but still, to be honest, can't wait to get to bed and, and wake up tomorrow again because you have days like that, and, it's, yeah. and that's perfectly fine. Um, it never goes away, like Rachel said it won't go away I know that won't and I think that's once you suffer with it once it's about managing it and you can manage it mm-hmm. but you still have your bad days
0: yeah and it's almost like a process of trial and error to find the things that you need to manage it because we're also different aren't we and like what works for one person isn't going to work no it's not it's about
1: finding it and it wasn't until I went away you know I mean I've always walked and walking's a big one for me and um, what involved with walking's brilliant which is a mental health chatting it just the same as what Rachel does with her running it's it's really helped me but other people as well which is great but yeah you, you've got to find what works for you on the bad days and it's, it doesn't solve it still but it really just makes it more
0: copeable I suppose. Yeah and the, the more you know you mentioned in the last like two years how it's becoming more out there yeah. the topic I think and I think that just creating this society and this environment where you just can say do you know what yeah I felt like shit today yeah. you know it's so like it's almost empowering Yeah. I feel like you know just it, to just be able to well, say it out as well. It's just yeah. even
1: saying it. Sometimes, oh, I said it now. People know. It just makes you feel a little bit more human, I suppose. And, yeah. and, and I won't say it, it's not normal. Is the wrong word, but it is life. You it know, is. there's people in here to, You know, they say one in four. I think that's rubbish. I think it's probably more like three and four suffer with mental health, particularly during the last two years, which have just been a nightmare. So it is. But back when I, I just didn't. I still didn't understand it you know from the early day I really didn't understand why I was feeling that way I thought it would just snap out of it you know which is the worst thing you can you can say it to yourself but you can't say that to someone else but it's the worst thing you can say but I did I thought oh, I'll get used to it and you know I'll be fine back home now sign for Preston half an hour from my house but I was too far gone by then I just yeah lost all interest in football lost all
0: interest in everything really just didn't want to do anything at all yeah and it, could did you were you aware that these feelings were getting more intense. Yeah. Again, yeah, oh
1: yeah, yeah. But I thought moving to Preston would would help and I'd get back into my old routine and, and but I just found I just didn't want to do anything. Just mm. literally went training, got home, didn't do anything at all. You know, I was I was a, I was a dad and I was a father, but I wasn't a dad and a father. Yeah. Uh, a dad and a husband, uh, or, or I'm sure a friend as well, but you just sort of, you're living, but you're not living. Mm. I you're I mean, sort of I in I a crowd. Yes. to that yeah. so much. You can yeah. see yourself as well. It's like you can see yourself on the outside. Or like you in a box in a steel box, a glass steel box, or whatever, and you can see yourself doing things or not doing things, and you want to break out and say, "Come on!" Yeah. You know, but you just you just can't do it.
0: Yeah, definitely. And then sometimes like the clouds pass a little bit, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And you have a couple of good days, and you think, "Oh, do you know what? Maybe I'm through this. Maybe yeah. it's alright." You know. Yeah. And then so you don't speak to anyone, you don't get help because you've got I've muscled, well, I got it in a headlock, you know, and I like muscled my way out of it, and like today I feel fine. Yeah. And then you can kind of only like. Skate along like that for so long, isn't it? And well, that's it, why uh,
1: that's talking is so important now, and, you know, because you are going to get days like that. And then everybody will, but it's knowing that the next day will be better, or it might not be, but knowing that there is ways through it, and every day you get through it, is more
0: strength for yourself. Yeah, definitely that, no, I suppose that hope, just knowing that, yeah, knowing that you can just carry on is, uh, yeah, really important. So how did the, I think for you, Am I right in saying so that things were going to get worse before they got better, Chris? Is
1: that kind of Yeah, happened? so I, I left Preston. Again, things happen a lot. You know, we got, I was promised a new contract at Wigan, Leicester, um, Preston. Things happen in your life as well. When you're not feeling great, lost a dog after 14 years. Um, and people have had pets No, exactly, you know, not pets, the family. Mm-hmm. So everything was sort of... I was feeling horrendous anyway, and then things happened. Lost a good friend to cancer. I was driving up to York to say goodbye. He died on the way up, so I didn't oh, get a chance. Geez. It's all these things, you know, because life just throws things at you and everything was just hitting me all at once. And, yeah, I shouldn't have signed for Berry. I, I went to Bury, sh- shouldn't have signed for them. I knew Summit was going to, in a way, now I'm glad I did because I know the way it turned out. But um signed for them and we were going out to Portugal pre-season for, for a week and I was just thought, oh, I just can't do that. I just don't want to be away from family. I don't want to do this. Got on the plane knowing something was going to happen, knowing that this is not going to end right because there's no way I'm going to... Um, spend a week away. I'm just not going to get through it. Didn't want to play football, wasn't interested in football anymore, didn't want to train. Um, something I've always, obviously, always prided myself on. And yeah, it was out second, first day, sorry, no, second day out in Portugal. Um, we stayed in these apartment blocks. And I just, I just, it was during the night, it was about two o'clock in the morning, just got up, walked to the top, stood on the roof and, and was going to jump. I thought, I just can't take this anymore. And I, I was standing there and and I just felt a pull back. And I know it was my, my wife and my daughter, and he literally pulled me back off it, and it was a seesaw if I'd gone obviously I want to be here, but you know I went backwards and that's when I rang Leona. she knew I wasn't great, but she know, never knew the extent because you hide things because you tell you know you, you tell lies, but for the better lies you know because you don't want to worry people. You're just buying yourself time, aren't you, you do yeah, yeah you know what, you know exactly what's going to happen but you, you're not ready to talk. But then I was, so I rang her and told her everything and, and she, you know, flew back home the next day, told the club I was mentally not in a great place. They were brilliant, Barry was. Dave Lippofer was a manager and he'd been through similar actually. So She said, look, take all the time in your world. So I've come back home two weeks. And I actually went back again because the professionalism thinks, oh, well, I'm not gonna let it beat me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to training. And on the third day, I just I just walked off the training pitch, said, look, I need help. Mm-hmm. And that's when I rang the, the PFA and that said, look, I'm struggling mentally. I need I need help. Wow. Yeah, that's um, powerful.
0: Yeah. What can you think of any like specific reasons why you didn't want to speak out before that? You know, like, like again, because I, I didn't, I didn't know really know what it was. Yeah.
1: I, I didn't really know what I was feeling or why I was feeling that way. Um, it sort of just all come up and it wasn't spoken about this. We're mm. talking like five, six, seven years ago, it wasn't really it was there, but it wasn't as open as it is now. Yeah, completely. Which is which is great, because it needs to be. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I got to the point where I needed to, and I got asked by the PFA, look, will you come out? Will, there's a lot of players, and I didn't do it for football. I did it because I know that if I was feeling that way, there must be people feeling that way as well. So they asked me, would you talk out? And I said, yeah, listen, I'm ready to talk. And, and you know, the response was was great. But I, d- I didn't yeah. do it for football. I did it for, you know, society.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, I think like, I was I was thinking about football in the build up to this, and if you look at the amount of even just professional footballers, right? So in the in the, the other leagues that are playing, statistically, there must be so many more people within that crowd that are not doing very well because statistics is, I mean, I will spoken to loads,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah. Not, but it's again, it's not. It's you put you put it the general population. I think it's three and four that are struggling. Yeah. So you can use your profile for the good. I hate social media. Uh, I was never on it when I played um simply due to the sticks and the other lads used to take and again that affected them massively now looking back and the way that i can see why it it affected them so i was never on it but you can use your profile sometimes for the better and and this is certainly one of them where i wanted to use that to try and you know help people with mental health and let them know that it's that it's perfectly fine perfectly normal no matter how embarrassed you are thinking i shouldn't be feeling this way why i've got everything it's got nothing to do with that it, it literally yeah. doesn't take any prisoners mm. at all
0: yeah very much so and in some ways like that kind of adds to it because it's another stick to beat yourself with mm. you know so i was like i've got nothing to be unhappy about i've got mm. nothing to be unhappy why am i being unhappy and it was another reason why i never said anything mm. because yeah. i thought that's exactly what people would say to me yeah. you know like well it wasn't
1: until i got out i mean I, I, so 2017 i retired from football um you know probably robbed me three or four years of my career because um, I was still fit, I could still do it, but I just mentally I couldn't. I just didn't want to do it anymore. So it did, but then I, you know, then I, then I, I I was okay. Um, I was going. I was getting treatment off counsellors. I seen about four or five counsellors. The first few didn't work, and then I have seen a lady. And it's true, women are, you know, much better than men. I must admit. <laughs> and she helped me. She she knew a lot more, and and I, I, things got great. Things got really really good. Um, but then I started to miss football. <laughs> So right, something yeah. done, i have done started to miss football, started to miss the routine because when from sixteen I was told where to be, what time to train, what I'm wearing for, for, you know, to turn up in training when we're eating, what we're eating, everything's laid out for you, like your whole life. You, you know when your days off are, and I started to miss that routine, started not having a purpose. You know I didn't have to go and do any work because I was fortunate enough. You know I did quite well during my career, but I, I didn't have a purpose to get up in the mornings, yeah. and it started. I started feeling myself slip back and not wanting to do things, not going out for walks, which is something I've never done, um, never not wanting to do, not talk, talking to friends. And I, I noticed the signs and I think, right. And because I've been through it and spoke out, I knew what was going to happen if I didn't do something about it. So that's when I, I, I rang the PFA and said, look, I think I need to check into Sporting Chance, which is their rehabilitation for everything. Right. You know, mental health, depression, um, trauma, addictions, everything. But they but they said that there's a three and a half month waiting list. And I said, look, I, I can't wait that long. Yeah. I'm going to be in a bad place by then if I don't go. So, just me and the wife got on the internet and searched local places because I didn't want to be far away from home. Mm. And we found Parkland Place in North Wales. So, I checked myself into there for, for four weeks. Four weeks, yeah. But I didn't. So, I think the thought of being away again and not being at home. So, I travelled. So, I said, Look, I'll do it, but I'm going to come in and go home each day, thinking I'll do that for the full four weeks. And they said, Listen, that's fine. Whatever you need, they tailor the programme to you. But after about two nights, I was that comfortable that I stayed
0: over more than I went back home, which right. spoke volumes really. Yeah, very much so. Mm. So what sort of, was that like, um, counselling going on? Yeah, it
1: counselling, one-to-ones, you were in there with other people with the worst stories you can imagine, you know, uh, but all leading back to mental health, depression, whether the, it's addictions are in there for, trauma, something's happened to them. And you all just talk, mm. you all just talk, it's heartbreaking, you're crying, you're laughing, um, you make friends very, very quickly in there. You, you know, because you it's so powerful and close listening to other people, and you realise that you're not the only one going through it. Yeah. Um, and it was the it was the best thing, and I I still go back there now when I when I feel I need to. I go back down. I'm going back down on a Thursday actually to talk to a few people in there since I've people know I've been there. A lot of people have gone in there because I've been in there. Yeah. I'm not saying it's going to fix them, but it, you know it certainly helped me and give me the tools I know that I need coping mechanisms. Yeah. And
0: a lot of people don't even know what's out there. I had no idea. I had no idea. And I used to sit on my laptop in the middle of the night and just Google stuff. And all that came up would be like, um, you know, the Samaritans and Calm and Minds and they all do wonderful things. But to me, I felt like such a, um, like a stereotype. You know, yeah. like I was like, oh, I'm ringing the Samaritans. Like, I can't ring the Samaritans. Mm-hmm. There's people out there with real, real problems. You know, like what if I'm taking up someone's slot? You know, and then I'd start worrying about that, and then I, so I wouldn't do it, and I wouldn't do it. But there are so many different organisations and services. I was out to say, the same.
1: I, I never knew. I just didn't know what was there. I knew the scoring chance was there, obviously through the PFA, because we're told it, told that. But I, I, everything's done for you when you play football. You, you know, is it's bad really because it's not really. Like the, some of the foreign lads would bring their bills in. They didn't have to pay the bills, and you've got to do that to sort of you know get on in life, and, and everything's done for you. So when I when I come out of football, I mean I couldn't even put a picture up. Everything's sort of done for you in the, in the
0: house. You yeah. know, people come around and do it for you. Or, so you have to sort of fend for yourself. Yeah, and that's um, I mean that that's quite well documented, isn't it? When people yeah. leave leave sport, yeah. Yeah. Is it? Do you think that like other the clubs regarding to mental health? Um, are the clubs get a bit better. Because kids are signing at like six years. Yeah, old, it's you know? ridiculous. That shouldn't that shouldn't be
1: allowed for me. I mean, I was. I say that because I was. I didn't. I was late, so I did Probably fifteen before I was. You know, knew that something could possibly happen. Yeah. But yeah, it's far. But club. I mean, Liverpool. Listen, I'm I'm, just, I'm not just saying because I'm a Liverpool fan. They look after players that have left that have fallen on tough times. Right. Because the, you're right. A player could be from six years old thinking I'm gonna be a footballer. Here. I'm gonna be a footballer. The parents. The parents are the worst. By the way, parents to uh, push their kids, the pressure, they want the kids to be footballers and they think everything's going to be great. So um, for, from six up to 16, they're thinking, oh, I could be a footballer. Even 18, they could even get into the youth teams and play games and all of a sudden, it's taken away from them. And that's why a lot of clubs now have got responsibility to support people after. after the, it's not just footballers, it's any employee for me, any business, should there should be something in place for their employees when they, when they start to struggle.
0: Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah, very, very much so. When you first started talking about this sort of stuff openly, did were you surprised with the response that you got? Um,
1: yeah, I was actually. Yeah, I mean, the, I, the only thing that I was concerned about talking was, was Lucy being in school. So because we know that kids can be cool, but we sat Lucy down and um, we explained to her, and she just said, "Listen, you've got to, you've got to speak out. You've got to talk." And coming from you know what was she at the time. 1011 wow so you know she um she was the one that said, she says oh, I'll be fine dad it's fine you you know you
0: need to do it so but you get to a point when you when you when you are ready to talk definitely yeah and I suppose it's like it is a big I say this a lot on my podcast but this whole thing about talking we never talk about how hard it is to talk because it is right so everyone's like it's talking it's talking it's talking when I was in the depth when I was at the worst I've been if you said to me you need to talk about it I'd I'd have told you to fuck off. Do you know what I mean? It, like, I couldn't have, like... The you just didn't... You, you didn't think you
1: could do it, could you? No, you could, yeah, You didn't. You know. it's, it's more of a denial thing, I think. You know you need to. You know you need to do some of it, but until you get to that point, my point was standing on a roof. You know, some people obviously, you know, jump off and, and, and take their own life, which is, you know, it's heartbreaking. Some step back and, and, and try and do it. Until you get to that point, that was my point. That was a seesaw moment. Yeah. I never needed to to ask for help, or or that was going to happen again at some
0: point. Yeah, I, I kind of, I don't know. It's hard because once you say these things out loud, it's um, it makes it real, then doesn't it? You know, like it's it's a big it's weight like off it. the shoulders. I remember when I when I rang the pit and, and I told them
1: and I you know told them, I felt a relief. I knew it wasn't the cure. I knew I wasn't fixed, but I just it was such a relief. Just like weight shoulders felt like they weighed a ton each and. I just remember. I remember to this day the way I felt. It was just such a relief, and it was the best night's sleep I'd had in five years. When I when I when I asked for help that day.
0: Yeah, mate, that's a, yeah. incredible. Because it, yeah, it's, a, you, it's fucking exhausting pretending oh, you're
1: okay trying, when you're not. Yeah, I just. I I not wait to every day. I could not wait to get to sleep. But I just didn't want to wake up in the morning. And it it's it it's exhausting. Your yeah. your mind's just racing constantly, and just you just things just. Yeah, it's just a constant battle every
0: single day. Yeah, and it, I, it's kind of what you said before, I suppose. There's so much power in that self-awareness. So now, like, I used to get up in the morning, I put my feet on the on the carpet, and I'd be, what sort of day is it going to be today? Mm. You know, by the time I got halfway down the stairs, I'd be like, oh fuck, here we go again, you know. And now, if I have a bad day, I can normally look back over the last few weeks and gone, yeah, I've worked a bit too much, my diet's not been great, like I can see where yeah. I've let myself slip and that self-awareness of knowing at the start, so you can catch yourself at the start, that's, there's, a, there's a lot of power in that, isn't it? There, there is, it's just lot like this morning, I woke up not feeling great at all.
1: Didn't want to go for a walk, but I had the two dogs staring at me for about half an hour. They know that you know, every day is the same, so I thought, oh, come on, then I'll go And I knew as soon as I went out, I know that when I go out, I'll start to feel better. But it's just taking that, like you say, taking that first step. Dean Windass, who, who's involved with walking, Brilliant, he says, get out of bed, make your bed. You know, that's the first thing you do that in the morning, you can sort of plan the rest of your day. And that's, you know, he makes a big thing of that. And it's true, it is true. You've got to get out of bed to, to get started. It's so easy when you feel bad just to lie in bed and, and think, oh, I can't be arsed today, I'm not going to do anything.
0: But it's the worst thing you can do. Yeah, and it's like, it's funny, isn't it? Because we know what's really, really good for us. And then it's that, that voice in your head stops you from doing all the stuff that's good for you you kind of get trapped in this cycle isn't it you do you just, yeah you turn it's not, on yourself it's just coping
1: like, I know walking you know talking and golf I, I love that but yeah walking's the biggest one for me uh, that's that's huge yeah
0: yeah do you have to like because you, you you're very well known for your advocacy and for speaking and you know things like that do you have to protect your own energy, Chris? Because yeah. I know like if I do a series, if I'm on other people's podcasts or I'm doing episodes where I talk about me a lot, I get to a point where I just go, right, I'm done. I'm not talking about me for Yeah, a we spoke days. about it before,
1: didn't yeah. we? Yeah, I, don't, I mean, like I said to you, I could, you know, you get that many requests, not just for the mental health, but also all the stuff, because you've had played football and you've been in the public eye, I could. I could never be at home. I could do something every single hour of single. but I can't, you can, you get tired, you get really worn down. You know, I, uh, now I know when I get to that, before I get to that point or Leona will say to me, listen, you've done a lot the last few weeks, you know, step back now. And she will stop me from doing anything then. So I, I've not got a choice sometimes. Yeah. I, she'll stop me, but I know myself when I need to take back and just have some time to myself. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you mentioned your, your wife there. and mm. it, so When you were born, when you were really, really struggling, did she what did she think she w- was happening with you? And I'll tell you why I ask, right? It's because um, I, my wife, well, she was sitting there. She's, Tim's not my wife, but um, <laughs> <laughs> he snuck off. She probably knew I was gonna talk about her. But, um, you know, we've done an episode where we talk about what I went through, but from her perspective. Oh, and yeah. it, the one conversation that I think is missing from, the big conversation of mental health is how it affects people around us. Oh, it's, it's not just the one struggling,
1: right? No, I mean, when we went down, to, no, it's just as hard for them, if not probably harder, as bad as that sounds. But it's um, it affects, obviously, certain people you live with. But they come to the therapy sessions with me down at Parkland. So they would, when I was in there, they would come down and, and do sessions with us all together as a family. Lucy would go on, on her own as a, as a kid, no, and my wife, my wife would do it herself. So that's what they put into place for us. And, it was great for them because then they could explain to them why I was feeling that way and why, you know, it's not their fault, yeah. you know, it's the, things happen. But it was amazing for them and, and certainly put their mind... Not a peace, but they could sort of understand why I was feeling that way. Yeah, definitely. I love that. I love that mm-hmm. so much.
0: I'm a huge fan of talking therapy, and I know it's not for everyone, but I just think I'll do it forever.
1: I'll always go, whether I need it or not. Um, you know, yeah. Well, yeah. this is therapy yeah. for me tonight. You know, I didn't particularly want to call. Not really. I'll be honest, because of the day I've had. Yeah, of course. But I knew, like, like I knew, going out for a walk this morning. I put it on the, on the Twitter this morning. When I was out walking, I did a video and said, uh, you know, I'm out for water now. I've got a uh, live show later on and that'll be my therapy today. That'll help me
0: get through the day. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I I don't know. There is something about, yeah, about speaking, but I think something as well in like mental health recovery that's maybe not talked about so much is doing like good stuff you know like you know like lending your voice to the cause you know because yeah. people hear these conversations and it does you know i'm not saying we're changing the world or anything like that but when you commit to something and, and, and do something nice and it, makes really good, it. It? it makes yeah. you feel good yeah. Yeah. and you do it for
1: the right some people obviously do it for whatever reason but you do, you do things for the right reason I, I do believe things come around you know you know there's obviously a lot of bad stuff that goes on in the world so if you can make yourself feel better by helping other people then you know, why not?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, that leads us nicely to the um, Make Talk Your Goal campaign, which mm. is something that, that's quite a new initiative that started, right?
1: It is, yeah, I got a call off the local school in, in where we live, uh, the headmaster said, look, there's a lot of lads um, that are really, you know, struggling, They're, they're withdrawing themselves at school. Uh, they're football mad, and we thought, if you come in, they might, might, you might be able to reside with them, they might talk to you more yeah, than they are doing yeah. to us. So I said, listen, not a problem, so I went down, we sat in a room and there was about 11 lads ranging from uh, 11 years old up to 16 and some of the stuff they come out with was just heartbreaking you know it, we got talking and they f- they felt comfortable talking to me and you know one of the lads admitted that he, he's had suicidal thoughts and he's planning to commit suicide and never spoke about it before so it was really powerful and and the lads got a lot from it and this is after i got another call saying look you've done this, but they've never spoke like it before. We, we don't want to miss an opportunity. Would you set up? Would you come in and are thinking of setting up a program? Would you, would you come and help us out with it? Yeah. And I said, yeah, listen, definitely. So it was around, you know, some of them didn't like football. So we did football sessions. We did uh, art therapy. We did, we took them out on walks with, with my dog. Well, the, the school were great. They'd let them go out during the school days. So it just made you realize how much kids have struggled over the last 18 months or so with COVID, you know, cause they've been told to stay away. It's been told to stay in the room for a year. Um, but lots of different reasons why they were feeling that way some real horrific stuff as well but we're going to do we did that so the film crew come up from london and uh, we filmed over four days solid all different stuff and then they come up again and we filmed another couple of days and it's just basically yeah mate taught your goal that's what it is just opening up and the lads have you know they've, they've been they've been the real stars of it so we got launched the other night we did a, we had the film premiere and it's going to get shown to every school up and down the country wow but, yeah, primary, secondary schools, and and because it's young lads as well, yeah. um, they're obviously struggling. That's it. So that's it. Basically, just to make them feel comfortable, knowing that it's fine to be okay, and there's a group there. There's, you know, they can come see me. We've set things up where they can go and see with teachers, so they know that there's people there now. That if they if
0: they need to talk, and they're more open to talking now, which is great. Yeah, that's lovely. Like to have something in place because it's something that's occurred to me a lot. We talk about how you know, men aren't good at talking and on the whole, like, you know, blokes tend not to be, but if you facilitate safe space to talk, men start talking, you know, so we might not talk in the same way that that women talk, Mm. but you know, whether it's like, I don't know, going for a walk with with the dogs or. Well, on
1: that walk, there was a lad and and, and this, this lad, the school said to me, look, we know there's something wrong with this lad. We just can't, we can't get it out of him. We don't, you know, we've tried everything, but he just shuts down. He doesn't speak. Um so I said, okay, I'll I'll we'll go on the walk and I'll try and get a minute with him on my own and see if we can see if I can help or get him talking and started off with football, the usual chat, which is football's a great universal language. Yeah. It, it um it gets people talking. Everyone, you know, most people love football, screw he did. And then I just got talking, I said, Oh yeah, how do you like Sammy's dog uh, my dog? And he was, Oh, he's great, I love dogs. Um and then he said uh, but you know, I lost my dog. Um a, a couple of months ago and and i miss him you know and i don't want to be here anymore without him I, you know i'm thinking about killing myself wow. and he, you know this was just because we went for a walk yeah. the first time he's ever spoke about it so obviously I, I chatted with him and told him that i'd been there in the same position as he had before and and then he's gone but i said do your parents know and he says no they, they don't know him i said, you need to go home and tell your parents so he went home and told his parents his parents ran up to school the next day and said, look, we, you know, we've got no idea about this, thanks for this. This, this, this programme needs to run in the schools, and the parents are the ones now that are saying, look, we need this programme, not just to run for six weeks and that's it, it needs to run
0: continuously through through the whole year, school year. So yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's what we're doing. Yeah, definitely, because a lot of that is, isn't it? Like people don't know what to do. Like no. you don't know what to what to say when someone comes to you and says, no. "You know, I'm not doing, I'm not doing so good." No, people don't know what to but do. it's about pointing
1: them in the right in the right direction and different services. Like you said, I didn't know right. half, the, no, no, near, I didn't know ninety percent of stuff that was out there. But there is something that's and it's making people aware that there is places that they can go to. And it's, you know, I was fortunate enough that I went to Parkman Place and paid to go there. But there's there's free places as well. There's so much good stuff. Going on in in every community that you yeah. just
0: if you're ready to talk, there's there's places for you to do that. Yeah, definitely. It, it fills me with a lot of hope. You know, when like when I was there, I didn't have hope. I didn't have hope in anything. But coming out the other side has like opened up this world to me yeah. of these just incredible people who are doing incredible things. And there's yeah. so well, you, you want yourself in yeah. you,
1: you know, you you've got to give credit to yourself as well because this wouldn't be going on without you tonight. So. You know, you deserve
0: a big, big credit for that as well. Oh, mate. Well, thank you very much. Thank yeah. you very And thank you for uh, <laughs> not bad for someone with anxiety, right? <laughs> um, yeah, but mate, that's awesome. I think that's a really good place to to knock that on my head. I cannot thank you enough for coming out tonight. No, mate. that's mine. so so much. No, I've enjoyed
1: it, and I know now I can have a nice peaceful sleep no? yeah that's it
0: that's it exactly <laughs> oh well Chris thank you so thank so you much up. mate. I well, well, really, well, really appreciate it uh, 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 yeah thank you to everyone else yeah thank you to everyone for coming it's been a really lovely evening I hope you've enjoyed I hope you've got something from it and, and thank you for coming it's been awesome thank you very much thank you Listening from the proper mental podcast. Please like and subscribe. Five stars.